Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is going to be a slightly shorter uh, driving theology. It's uh, the earliest drive. Well, maybe not the earliest, but one of the earliest driving theologies I've ever recorded. This is uh, starting at about 8.20, now in the morning. Uh, I'm actually going to work early today uh, because I want to get a, a jog in. I'm trying to get back in shape the last uh, 10 days or so. I've been kind of on a very strict diet, you know, cutting the carbs and uh, trying to burn some of this 47-year-old baby fat off me. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's not my first time to to uh, try to, to diet. Um, so yeah, I'm going early to try to get a run in before I work. Usually I run around lunch, uh, but I thought, you know, weather's so great. It's a little cooler in the morning. Go try to get a run in in the morning and then maybe uh, be able to actually relax at lunch for once. Kind of recuperate. Uh, so yeah, I'm on the way to on the way to doing that. And uh, something came up on Facebook this morning. I, I think there's a there, there's a lot of problems with Facebook. There's a lot of uh, things that you know are said on Facebook that people wish they could take back, or you know, are just completely misunderstood. Um, but you know, right now we're in the midst of the uh, Trump whatever you like to call it. Some people might call it the Trump era. Uh, some people will call it the, the, the Trump Trump travesty, Trump tragedy maybe, <laughs> that he's uh, able to lead so many people uh, to his camp. Uh, be that as it may, wherever you fall on Trump, something interesting came up. Uh, apparently, um, Stephen Hawking, had a comment and he said something like, now I can't quote it exactly, but said something, you know, quoted on Trump and said Trump is a demagogue who has been able to uh, cater to the lowest denominator of human society or something like this. So, uh, you know, basically what he's saying is the Trump supporters are the worst of the worst of American society. And, you know, However, you consider worst. You know, you could you could you could say they're evil, or you could say they're ignorant, or or a combination of both. Or they could be just deceived. You know. Uh, uh, but you know what? For whatever that is, uh, or however you think about that, a friend, another friend, commented that. These are two Christian guys who are talking that, that I really like and respect, but they're but they're quite different, very very much on different uh, poles as far uh, probably politically and and even theologically, even though they belong to the same denomination. Uh, anyway, so they uh, the other guy who is right now a, a full time preacher. Um, said, why would you even listen to Stephen Hawking on politics? 
he doesn't even believe that uh, something like he doesn't even believe that God made the sun that we see in the sunrise every morning. In other words, he was trying to discredit Hawking because he's not a Christian. So why, why, why believe him in the realm of politics? Well, that seemed to be kind of a, to me, kind of a, you know, big bag of worms. Uh, you know, you, you opened a, a can of worms there that, you know, there, there's just so much to to talk about in that. And so I posed the question that, you know, I said, that's a, that's a great discussion question. So I'm going to discuss it amongst myself, me, myself, and I this morning. Uh, and hopefully get some discussion going. And the question I posed is, as a believer, why trust any atheist to do anything then? You know, why, why trust any atheist on anything? Um, for example, why, why trust, you know, okay, you can't trust Stephen Hawking to be politically astute, but you could trust an atheist to fix your car, probably. You'd probably allow an atheist to fix your car. You might even allow an atheist doctor to take care of you. Uh, you would certainly listen to Stephen Hawking in the realm of, of physics, theoretical physics. Why, why would you not listen to him on politics just because he's not a politician. Now, if Stephen Hawking were uh, considered a genius in the realm of politics, even as an atheist, you would probably listen to him. If that were the um, general consensus, that he was a, a genius, and, and therefore, you know, what he has to say in the realm of politics is still, is still valid, you'd probably listen to him. So, I'm trying to figure out, you know, politics more than more than science. I think. Well, I, I don't know. I may I may open up a can of worms myself here. Let's see. Politics, I think, more than science, encompasses all people. Now, of course, everybody lives in a scientific world. Science is just the the knowledge of how the world works, uh, and politics you know, is, is the, are, are the systems by which men organize, right, into civilized societies, more or less. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was kind of a dangerous statement to, to just discredit Hawking, number one, because he's not a politician. It seems to me if, if he were a politician, there would be a conflict of interest and you couldn't trust his statement. And then second, because he's an atheist, he doesn't believe in God, so why trust his opinion on anything? So the, you know, the question is, first of all, as I just posed it, you know, why, why would you not trust an atheist uh, to have a, a decent political opinion but you might trust an atheist to uh, operate on you uh, or, uh, you know, even fix your car.
And so the second part of that question is how, just how much of the image of God has made it into each person, regardless of whether or not they believe in Jesus. Just how much of the heart of Jesus can still come out of a person who does not yet believe in Jesus because of who created them. How much of the Creator remains even in the uh, disobedient creation? <laughs> Which, yeah, I know it's kind of controversial, and, and I'm not talking about salvation or not. Uh, I think I think you know one 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 thing that we like to do as humans is classify everybody, right? put everybody in boxes in nice little places where we can uh, understand uh, understand our environment better right we classify things and that's kind of the essence of science so as people we like to classify people and as Christians we classify classify people as uh, different types of Christian or non-believer we might even have a, a, a classification called seeker somebody who is trying to understand and wants to believe uh, in a uh, intelligent creator but has not yet been able to, to get over whatever humps or whatever obstacles lie in their way you know uh, a seeker and then we have this we have this uh, classification called non-believer now when we talk about somebody as a non-believer, we are, we are saying that they are different than us. That we are different than them. They are different than us. We are different than them. We have just separated ourselves. There's, we've, we've placed a degree, at least a degree, maybe more, a degree of separation between them and us. Uh, and to my mind, this us and them dichotomy just isn't, isn't helpful. Uh, it, it isn't. It isn't something that that is uh, terribly um, having a good impact on our world. I think, uh, and that's in almost every kind of situation. I would say um, that when we realize that them are us, that we are all in this world together. Uh, and if if any of us are different, it's not by anything we've done, but by something that Jesus is doing in us, and it's a process. This idea that life is a process to or from God, I think C.S. Lewis talked about that best. He talked about that everybody is on this continuum, and they are walking toward God or away from God. Right? We're all on this continuum. Nobody, nobody is, uh, you know, completely next to God, and nobody's completely uh, lost. It, it, everybody has hope as long as you're on that continuum, and everyone is, according to C.S. Lewis. Then I think there's hope for everyone, and even the most righteous people can be walking the wrong direction on that on that line. Because as soon as you think yourself righteous and special and privileged, 
because you are a Christian, you're probably walking the wrong, wrong direction on that line. And as soon as you judge other people for being evil without knowing their heart, uh, and you, you, um, what's the word? You dismiss out of hand anything they say because they're not of the same tribe as you. Uh, you know, there, at the same time, uh, you may be walking just a little bit the wrong direction on that line. You know, you may be closer to God, but if you're walking the wrong direction, uh, you're no better than anyone else. And that's really the point, right? We are no better than anyone else because we believe in Jesus. We are no better than anyone else because we believe in Jesus. And for an atheist to hear that from me, I think they would scoff. I think they would, uh, you know, laugh because they get the exact opposite impression from most Christians they meet. Most Christians they meet are self-righteous and think themselves better than the atheist. And so to hear a Christian say that, I think it would, it would take possibly a lifelong effort to convince somebody uh, that there are Christians that actually believe that. Um, now, does Stephen Hawking need Jesus? Of course he does. Of course he does. He needs Jesus. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that what he said is automatically wrong. You know, it doesn't mean that what he says is wrong. Stephen Hawking, as a man of science, is discovering the way God works and things about God that many Christians don't know. Now, he just doesn't ascribe it to God. You know, he ascribes it to chance or randomness uh, or, or, you know, the laws of physics or whatever he might ascribe that greatness to. He has discovered things about the universe that point to God that we don't even know and we couldn't understand if we tried. In some ways, he may be closer to God than we think. And it's not for us to judge that. You know, I've recently met a person, and I, I was really hoping to get him on a podcast, and I'm sad I didn't, uh, who grew up a believer, and at one point made a, uh, a change in denomination to a, a, a very conservative group, and really tried hard. He put in the effort to become what we call a good Christian or a better Christian, and he worked really hard. But what he realized was he was not... He was not receiving transformation, and he did not see transformation in the Christians around him, I don't think, except in a few cases. And so finally, what he had to, what he had to um, believe is that there isn't a God, because he could not find evidence of God, and he could not find evidence that God was working in him. No matter how long he tried and how hard he tried, he could not change the evil within him to good. He, uh, and we all have these things in us, right? We all have what we call the lusts of the flesh. We all have personality things that we know are unkind. 
sometimes. We, we, we have hate in our hearts. We resent people. Uh, we're, we have jealousies. We have pride. Uh, and all of these things, you would think Christians would be working through and overcoming. But his observation as an insider, as a Christian, was that and if I'm misquoting you, I really hope to get you on here at some point. Maybe we'll do a Skype interview, and I'll record that. It'd be fun to figure that out. But if you're not seeing the transformation that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is meant to have in the life of a believer, if you're not seeing that transformation, then maybe there's there's something missing in the in the equation maybe there's something missing and what he concluded not out of any hate for god or hate for christians but just out of the inability of the christian life as he knew it to transform him he had to conclude that god indeed is not real okay uh, and wow, what a what a sad thing! What a sad thing to happen! What a sad thing to conclude that because the Christian life is not working for you, uh, that God must not be real. I, I feel sorry for him. I I'm sorry for that. And the thing is, I think almost every Christian is in this position, and many of us just hold on and continue in our religious ways without having a kernel of true faith in our hearts. We do it because it's what we know. We're going through the motions. But in our hearts, we realize we are failing miserably at living this Christian life, whatever, however you define this Christian life. Uh, and so my point here is, you know, he, he now considers himself an atheist, and I would say he's definitely not a militant atheist. He's a he's almost an apo apologetic atheist. He 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 he. At least what I get uh, from my friend is that he wants to believe, but he's not going to lie to himself. He's not he's not going to believe just to make him fit in to a tribe or, or to be on a better standing with other believers. He's not going to lie. And so my prayer for him is that he encounter the Lord, much like Paul encountered the Lord on the road to Damascus, that he have an encounter with the Lord that once for all solidifies uh, the existence of God in him. And I pray that for Stephen Hawking and I pray that for, for every every uh, person in the world. Uh, now we all come to the Lord in different ways. Not everyone came to the Lord as Paul did. Some people did. And those people, I, I uh, in, in, in some way, I envy them, you know, to, to be confronted with the indisputable presence of the Lord in the, in the midst of witnesses. It's, you know, wow, like, you know, the, kind of the lightning bolt moment. Uh, I would would love to have had that, but I, I've come to the Lord slowly, 
over many years and I am continually coming to the Lord more and more. Sometimes closer, sometimes farther. Uh, but I wouldn't want to lie to myself, to, to lie and say, yes, I believe in this God, even though there's no evidence for him, either external or internal, but I'm going to do that just so I can uh, remain part of this tribe, I, I think is, is lying, it's ingenuous, it's, it's, it's evil on one level, to say that you're a believer, and yet not, not have a relationship with Jesus, I think is not helpful, I wish, I wish the Christians everywhere who consider themselves a part of this Christian tribe, that if they really don't believe in their heart, that they would walk away. Or at least that they would confess, I don't longer, I don't any longer believe in this God that we're all talking about. I, I, I just don't. And if, you know, if more people would do that, we would truly know where Christianity, Christendom, whatever you want to call it, where the church stands. But as it is, we have churches filled with unbelieving believers, untransformed believers, or uh, as as yet, as of yet, untransformed believers. And that transformation, I believe, will come for everyone if they continually seek to follow Jesus follow Jesus. Belief in Jesus is is really nothing, right? And Jesus said this, even the even the demons believe and tremble. Belief is not the thing. The, the, the Christian life is to follow Jesus, to, to not just try to achieve what Jesus achieved, but to do things in the way that Jesus did them. And this is a, a new book that I've been listening to by Eugene Peterson, and I'm just barely in the first chapter, maybe maybe even the preface, I'm not sure where I am, but, you know, he talks about so many Christians, we're, we're talking about what, what would Jesus do, and Eugene Peterson says, that's the wrong question, the better question is, how would Jesus do it, Jesus is the way, and the way Jesus did things, we need to look more closely at, because just possibly transformation may be found uh, in a truer uh, following of the way of Jesus, the ways of Jesus. You know, so for, for my uh, atheist friend, um, and maybe one day you'll know his name because I would love to have him on. I have great respect for him. And we had really, uh, I think, great conversations. And he taught me a lot and has helped me think a lot on you know, just what it is to be a believer. And if you are a professing Christian and yet don't have true faith in your heart that, that Jesus exists or that God created the world uh, or that God loves you or that God is even a personal being, any of those things, then you are being disingenuous. You're, you're, you're living a lie. And I think a lot of believers are living a lie. But you know, the other side of that coin is I think it's important to be honest about where you are in your faith and not to say that you are believing more than you are. But at the same time, I think I think desire for faith, to desire to want to know 
Jesus, the desire to believe, I think is, is a great thing as well. And I think, uh, you know, we, we remember the, the prayer of the, of the father who, whose son was sick. Uh, Jesus, you know, he said to Jesus, I do believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that should be the prayer of 99% of believers in the world. You know, I, I believe, oops, yeah, uh, but help my unbelief. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think he, he caught himself in a lie. He says, I believe, oh wait, uh, I want to believe. You know, he's saying what he's saying there is, I want to believe, please help my unbelief, help me to believe. Um, Jesus, I need your help to believe. Um, so maybe back to my original question just for a few minutes, and that is how much of the Creator remains in His creation, whether or not they have uh, acknowledged His presence or taken on the Lord Jesus as their Savior. I'd say there's a lot. I'd say a lot of the Creator remains in each human. I'd, I'd say the potential of good is in each human. We we know that there have been there have been people down through the years uh, who who have shown themselves to be good people, even though they did not believe in Jesus. Some of the reasons they did not believe in Jesus was because of the Christians they met. <laughs> the Christians they met were self-righteous and and did not follow their Lord. And this is what Gandhi said. Uh, just to paraphrase what Gandhi said, was that, you know, I love, I love Jesus. I, or maybe he said, I would believe in Jesus if it, not, if it were not for Christians. I love your Christ, but it's the Christians I can't take, basically. Uh, and wow, what a, what a slap in the face. You know, does anyone doubt that Gandhi was a self-sacrificing person? Does anyone doubt it? Does anyone doubt that that Satan made Gandhi that self-sacrificing person? And again, I'm not I'm not going to make judgment on salvation or not. But I think you could make a point that and, and I think the Bible hints at this that a person who lives the Christian life even without knowing our Christ uh, is no worse than, no worse off than, the person who professes professes to know our Christ, but lives an evil life. You know, I, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think you can take either one of those and and uh, say one person is better off than the other. I, I think you'd be hard pressed. It's not about professing our faith in Christ, although that's a that's a thing that is is done in the Bible. It's not about just professing our faith. It's about Jesus living his divine life through us. What makes a person a disciple of Jesus anyway? Are you a disciple of Jesus because you go to a certain building from a certain time and sing songs about a certain God and then go home and live the, the, the other six days? Uh, of the week, not to mention the remainder of that day, uh, no differently from the world, untransformed. And then you put on your right clothes the next week and do it all over. Is that what makes you a disciple of Jesus? 
That's not how the Bible defines a disciple of Jesus. Jesus defined his disciples. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross. What does that mean for you? What does it mean to take up your cross? To take up the, the means by which you, you may meet your demise. Pick up the means to your own end. And carry it. And then to follow Jesus, to, to live in the way that Jesus lived, to not just try to do the things Jesus did, but to do them in the way that he did them. The means does not justify the ends, ever. The means never, or the end never justifies the means, I'm sorry. The end never justifies the means. way you do things is of utmost importance. Now, of course, the, the great thing about all this is, you know, us trying to do better and to be better and to make an effort to, to follow Jesus. The wonderful thing that all humankind can depend on is the grace of Jesus. And we either get the grace of Jesus in this life or we get it in the afterlife. Some of us may be blessed enough to, to get both. Uh, but Stephen Hawking, even in this life, he's, he's blessed by the grace of God. Now, he, he may not see it that way. Nobody has done more and been as stricken with, with uh, you know, being crippled uh, and now mute. Nobody's accomplished more than Stephen Hawking, I don't think, in that situation. He's never been healed, and yet the grace of God has allowed him to reach millions through his books, through his ideas, through his theories. Uh, and I believe Stephen Hawking has made efforts to understand and to look for God. I believe he's made great efforts in that. And I pray that Stephen Hawking, we pray right now, Lord just leaves, leads Stephen Hawking to save his soul. consider myself better than anyone else. Yeah, so that's going to, I think, conclude our talk for today. I am at the place where I am to do my little run. Uh, I need to get going before things get too late. And, uh, 
yeah, just uh, again, I, I thank uh, Jesus for uh, the grace that I receive. And I pray that we will give everyone the chance to allow our Lord to shine through us, whether we do it knowingly or unwittingly. I think Jesus can shine through all of us. Uh, and I think all of us are on that, again, on that continuum between saved uh, and damned. Uh, and some of us who think we're saved are walking on the wrong direction on that road. Uh, and we all do it sometimes, right? We all, we all do. Uh, but may we all turn our, our face toward our Lord's face and walk briskly toward him. You guys have a good day. Bye-bye.